Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Let us see what the future holds. Hi, everyone. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of What the Future Holds. Quit giggling already, Chris. <laughs> it was just like a weird... Hello. Just hi. Just hi. How's everybody doing? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again. I am but one of your hosts. I say that the same way every time. One day I'm going to change that up. I'm Brandy Jackala. With me as always, my dear husband, Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm having a very strange day. Yes, you are. You are yes. having a very strange day. But thankfully I have tomorrow off, so things... Clear skies from now on, hopefully. 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 Let's cross our fingers, because today was whack, man. It was whack. It was whack? It wasn't fresh? Tomorrow, mm -mm. It was not fresh. Some phraseology from Mission to Six. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or the 90s. <laughs> That's true. So, well, yeah. Uh, Anyway, sorry that we also have another host, our wonderful, dear, amazing friend, Christopher D. Littlefield. Chris, how are you? Hello. I am but three of your hosts. <laughs> You're a trill? <laughs> it's trilling to have you here. Oh, oh, you. I'm very chilled to be here. Yeah, Dave is the king of puns. I just got an alert from my watch that my heart rate rose above 120 beats per minute just now, so... Well, you're Apparently, welcome. I'm, I'm super excited to be here, you guys, that my heart is just fluttering like a hummingbird. <laughs> they can fly backwards. Yes, yes. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for doing this with me, as per usual. I don't thank you enough, both of you, because without the two of you, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> I mean, doing a solo podcast is one thing, but doing a solo discussion podcast, no, really We're doing work. solo now? No. I thought we were Star Trek, not Star Wars. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It's going to be that kind of night. Okay. So our real aim today is to discuss whatever number this episode is. Episode 8. Episode 8, eight of Star Trek Discovery Sanctuary. Sanctuary. She gave me and water. Unfortunately, every time I hear the word sanctuary, I'm reminded of the film Logan's Run. Because sanctuary is the place that all the runners are trying to get to. And no one knows if it really exists. And the computer that controls the entire city has sent Logan on a mission to find and destroy Sanctuary. And there's this interrogation scene at the end where they use these holographic personality extraction things where they're where it's just really slow. So it's like, there is no Sanctuary. Oh, that <laughs> so must be where they got it from The Walking Dead, that idea. <laughs> <laughs> there was an arc where they were followed this way to Sanctuary. Mm. Interesting. And I've never seen Logan's Run. Uh, it is a very campy 70s movie, but I fucking love it so much. It's quite popular. It's got the cult nerd following, right? It was one of those films that had a scene cut out of it, which has now been lost to time. 
or somebody's hidden it away. The director was also a pervert. He made Jenny Agutter undress several times and filmed her doing it, making her do take after take. Really? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, my. You know, he saved all that footage. The first time I saw it, I think I was about eight years old, and I was watching it with my dad, and it still had that scene in it. Neither of us had seen the film, and we're watching it together, just him and me, and this sex scene happens. Now, I had never, up until that point in my life, seen a sex scene in a movie because I wasn't allowed <laughs> to watch movies that had sex scenes in them. The scene happens, and, like, there's there's boob, there's there's uh, implied copulation, etc., et after it's over and it goes back to being the movie, my dad, without even looking at me, didn't turn nothing. He just says, do not tell your mother we watched this. Oh, that's <laughs> I cool. Kept, I kept that secret until well after his passing. <laughs> cool, dad. I think I told my mother like three or four years ago and she just <laughs> laughed her butt off. I just remember whenever so. a sex scene would come on. If I was watching a movie with my parents, I just got so self-conscious of my breathing. Mm. Like I mm-hmm. was, I, I would like freeze and I'd be like, can they hear me breathe? Like, <laughs> do they know that I'm into the guy? <laughs> huh. mm. Can they tell? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and for me, it was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm intrigued. I would like to know more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old enough to know more, but I would like to know more. Ah, anyway, now, what were we talking about? Sanctuary! Sanctuary! sanctuary. Yeah. Sorry. I get um, Sanctuary from uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't get that because I didn't see any film versions of right. The Hunchback of Notre Dame before I saw Logan's Run, so. Yep. There's a John Leguizamo quote in Tuang Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, and mm-hmm. he's Chichi Rodriguez, and he says something about, do you want to come in for a little Sanctuary? Or something like that. It's so good. I saw that movie in the theater with my mom. I saw that she movie freaking loved it. three times in the theater with my girlfriend at the time. I made her go and see it three times. Yeah. Remember that uh, <laughs> Telling behind much? the scenes, Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes would get into fights all the time because they wanted to you know, get the whole testosterone thing going again and to like counter what they were doing on film. When, meanwhile, Lake Wasamo was like, fine mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> just like whatever just... i can embrace my feminine side oh yeah john leguizamo was the best because yeah he used to do yeah. those one-man shows where he'd play yeah. all kinds of different characters wow this no. is the furthest we've gone off the wow. rails in it a is while. <laughs> we haven't gotten on the rails quite yet we, we haven't just... yeah, that's, that's all we've done is mentioned the name the of title the and that's it we were at the station and then suddenly the the car just fell over off the track and just skidded for a ways without even yeah. having been moved yet. And that's fine because you know what? It's our show and we can damn well do what we want. That's I believe right. NASA calls this a failure to launch. I think it's only a failure to launch if we don't launch. And we're launching now. We're launching. Okay, okay. sanctuary. Sanctuary. Go for launch. Sanctuary. Mm, I just got to stop hearing that in my head. Go watch Logan's Run, everyone, and you will understand what I'm talking about. It's an interesting film. And I love the soundtrack as well. I have the soundtrack. Okay, enough. Enough. So, how the hell did this episode start? I just watched it. Previously (laughs) on Star Trek Discovery? (laughs) Yeah, it's previously (laughs) on Star Trek Discovery. And... Doesn't it mostly start with Tilly and Saru? Going oh, over yeah, the yeah, plans yeah. of the day. 
Yeah. So we get to see her first officer duties. And he's duties. trying he's trying to figure out how to say hit it without okay. saying hit it. <laughs> Which the thing is, is that Discovery was supposed to air before Lower Decks. So really, Lower Decks stole that from oh, Discovery. Oh, they Warped did. Me. That was the yep. third of the joke. Yeah. By the way around. Yep. That would have been better. I think you should just go with proceed, like Dave said. I think said. proceed, too. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be a thing anymore. I yeah. thought it was cute for this episode, but... Well, it's a very surreal word to use, is proceed. Mm-hmm. Proceed. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's all Picard's fault, you know? Dirge. Make it so. If it yeah, weren't too. for Picard, make there wouldn't so. be catchphrases. Well, make Shut it up, so... Wesley. the make it so thing didn't have to do with warp necessarily right it was you know hey we need an idea here's the idea make it so yeah whereas engage was definitely engaging the warp drive so (laughs) it was cute it was Um, cute and tilly's on her shit she's on it oh she is so on it this whole episode yeah we find out that linus is molting Mm -hmm. oh yeah he's molting and he has been escorted to his quarters until his molting has finished. Mm-hmm. So, And he must not stay there because they book in the episode with him. Yes. And he's still molting. He's he st- is, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite things when Michael takes Leto and says, Hey, we're going to go do something really fun. Are we going to see the lizard guy? Yeah. And you know what? You can peel something off his face if you want. <laughs> Just- Gross. And he went, ew, fun. <laughs> just like a child. Oh, I just loved seeing her interact with a child because yeah. Sinequa mom came out and yep. you can just imagine how great she is with her own children. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you wouldn't expect Michael to be good with kids and yet there she is. So yeah, yeah well, it's kind of a nice there's... little upsetting of expectations. There's that whole year we didn't see her. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who yeah. knows what happened in that year? She found her feelings for children, I guess. Yep. Well, also to have, you know, some of that survivor's guilt from her parents, mm. you know, not being on our shoulders anymore. Because I think that largely took away her childhood. Oh, definitely. That she became an adult too soon. Mm-hmm. So if she gets to re-embrace that and find the child in her heart, then yeah, she could relate to kids. Yep, yep. Uh Rin also gets a mention that uh, he is asking to see the captain, that he's recovered and he's asking to see the captain. And Saru says to schedule that. So we're like, ooh, Rin. Yeah. Rin, yay, Rin. He barges in and demands to see which one of them is the captain. (laughs) Oh, that was awesome. Tilly in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, okay, let's try that again. Yeah, that reminds me of the respect of, the position. Deserves. Yeah, it was like her her mirror universe training was coming into play there, but using it, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Um, it it reminded me of a Riker and Picard moment. Like if somebody mm-hmm. came in and treated Picard that way, Riker would have ball busted. Of course, mm-hmm. it was directed by Jonathan Frakes, so I think he probably gave her a little bit of pointers for that. But yep. it reminded me of that. Yep. Nonetheless. Indeed. And it's the first scene where we get to see Mary and her husband acting together. And it's just so precious. I didn't know if they were going to do that. I didn't know either. But man, we get it really early in the episode. Mm-hmm. And we get it around the uh, cafeteria too. Yeah, that was nice. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. That was nice because that scene in particular really 
put Tilly as first officer to me, the way that Rin was talking to her and confiding in her, mm-hmm. that really elevated her respect in my eyes. Our first member of the Federation to learn something about the Emerald Chain. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, the very also, first person. That's pretty cool. Also, her idea to keep Discovery from firing on Osiris ship and instead have Detmer pilot book ship. Mm-hmm. So good. And I'm just it's like, It's just yep, too no. bad that Tilly was made first officer because she was so not ready for it and didn't, doesn't have the experience yeah, she, and can't handle the job. It's too bad. She really sucks at it. I mean, she's too bad that she's all the wrong decisions. Soon. She has no yeah. good ideas. Um, all of that. All yeah. Of that. Yeah. The she's... whole episode, I was just like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is the way, this is how it should be. This is amazing. Of course, this is right. Yes. Well, and of course we had the foreknowledge of the episode. So everybody complaining about the last episode, I'm just like, Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's good that we see in the immediate next episode that Tilly's doing first officer duties. Mm-hmm. And doing them well. I think it would have been a poor choice if they had gone to some other episode and not shown that. Because, yeah, we want to see her rise to the challenge. But and you know what? I think she does. I really like that people doubted her, like fans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. friends doubted her. Because I know what that feels like to mm-hmm. have people not believe in you when oh, you're yeah. handed this huge opportunity that you yourself don't think you're ready for. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, you know what? Let your haters be your motivators. I'm going to just fuck it. I'm jumping in and I'm going to do the best that I can. And, you know, that's how things happen. She drinks their tears. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, crazy because so many men fail upwards is that the most incompetent people often get promoted because nobody wants them around. They get them out of whatever unit or whatever department they're in to go someplace in management to screw up there. Right, because they're so much of an asshole that all the regular people don't want them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so... So when it's done the right way, like this, people are like, oh, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. No, this is the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) because I wouldn't call Tilly incompetent. People might say inexperienced, but I don't even know if she's that inexperienced. She's low-ranked, but I think she doubles as engineering and science, Mm -hmm. or seems to. Yeah. She seems familiar with most functions of the ship. Yeah. So I don't see there being a problem with her being first officer i'm proud of her if they had promoted someone else anyone else that person would not be expected to know every single detail about every single department that's what department heads are for and the first officer's job is to coordinate all of that not to Uh dictate to everybody they go to that department that department tells them what's going on they make a decision based on that information and that's what a first officer does. That's what a captain and does, she too. And she has the rapport mm-hmm. with the captain already, mm-hmm. and it just slid right in there perfectly. That mm-hmm. that was just like, check. They had a professional rapport. There's not like this personal relationship involved that muddies the waters. They don't have this history of anything. Like, they're just, it's like mentor-mentee. Mm-hmm. He's helped to rise through the ranks and get experience, and it's just like, yep, there you go. So, and if anyone is going to support Tilly the most, it's going to be Michael. You know it's going to be Michael. Even if it's in her former job, Michael is going to support her 100% because that's the kind of friends they are. Well, they're not just friends, they're family. So, yeah, I I feel very uh, confident 
about Tilly's confidence. <laughs> I'm I just, I feel, feel confident about the confidence. Yeah, I feel vindicated, I guess, is, is I feel a, a bit yeah. vindicated. Yeah, I take it personally, this plot line, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Sorry, the cat's being weird, so. That's okay. You can edit that out. He's being territorial, so. Are we. so. <laughs> yeah. There must be another cat outside. That's probably why he's getting yeah, upset. He's, he's yelling. Wow, he's just going. Most in an opportune time. Yeah, Tilly. Yay, Tilly. Great first officer so far. We love it. We love it. Okay, let's talk about, because I want to get this in here and deal with it. We'll deal with the A plot in a bit, but let's talk about what they find out with that black box and with Adira's finagling of the data, I guess is the best way to say (laughs) it. What I tell you. It's the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's the song that everybody's been hearing, that everybody knows. But also because Saru has augmented eyesight and hearing, which is part of his DNA because he evolved as prey instead of a predator. But also those come in handy when you're a predator as well. He was able to hear what the distortion was so that they could filter it out and determine that there is a Federation SOS coming from that nebula. Okay, so I had a really whacked out idea occur to me, and I really hope I'm wrong. Um, (laughs) Wasn't a fresh idea. No, no, it was not a fresh idea. It's, It's a really weird idea, but what if it's Discovery? Oh, oh, from Calypso. Mm hmm. Oh yeah. Not necessarily related to Calypso. I I'm not saying that it that has anything to do with it. Uh-huh. But what if it is our oh. previous discovery somehow like there's quantum physics stuff going on. Sure. I don't know. I can't I couldn't explain why or how. It's just a weird idea that occurred to me and I'm putting it out there and I am happy to admit that I'm wrong when we actually do find out what it is. <laughs> Okay. What if it's the mirror universe discovery? Ooh. Because they had a spore drive, right? I don't think they did. Well, the mirror universe discovery was destroyed, the original yeah. one, in the okay, prime timeline. Right. right. Because uh, Cornwell saw it destroy, be mm-hmm. destroyed. Okay. That's why they were surprised when they came back. Yeah. I, I thought that the Charon was the only thing that had spore anything because they had that giant mycelial mm. sun. Mm. Right. So... I do not know. Yes. But that would be interesting. I, I'm i just saying, it was a weird idea. I put it out there. I, I honestly mm. don't know how they would make that work. I would have faith that they would make that work, but I don't know how they would make that work. Well, it's a Federation ship because it has a Federation distress beacon. Yes, it is a Federation ship. And even yeah. if my harebrained idea is not true, I feel like it's going to be a ship that we know somehow. It's like, going to be something it, Something very... we recognize pleasantly surprising yeah i just don't know i don't know yet it's the defiant (laughs) the defiant from the mirror universe (laughs) yeah see i would see the first defiant actually was the ship that accidentally crossed over into the mirror universe many many moons ago right but then there's also the deep space nine defiant that's a much Mm -hmm. smaller ship which that actually could work because wormhole Mm. wormhole wormhole space-time distortions Bizarre happenstances. I don't know. I just Ooh, don't know. it's Crichton from Farscape. Oh, right. It's Crichton from Farscape. He finally found his be. way That's it. back to yep. a nebula. He's nowhere near Earth. Nowhere near Earth. <laughs> He's still nowhere near Earth. 
Who knows what ship it is? Yep. It could be a new ship, but I imagine they want to tie it into the whole mm. uh, backstory. So who knows? Yes. Could be the Enterprise for all we know. I, I just, I really don't know. But I feel like it's going to be something familiar. That is my yeah. prediction. In the next week on, mm-hmm. we saw that little moment of the next gen season one uniform. Mm-hmm. Somebody in that. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm. that is. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I can tell you that we haven't gotten our screeners yet for next week and the week after, so we have no foreknowledge of what's actually <laughs> going to happen <laughs> in the next episode. You're just like all the rest of us commoners. Until yep. tomorrow. I'm clueless. Until tomorrow. Share sure from clueless. Because the We're next recording tonight. Yeah, I know, but the next two episodes are a part one and a part two. Oh, this is the one. Oh, yeah. okay. Terra firma part one and Terra firma part two. Mm. have no idea what that means except we're gonna see George L. we're gonna see that dude that david cronenberg's playing who i cannot remember the name of the character yeah kovich kovich yeah. thank you yeah 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 but i don't want to talk about next time on let's get back to this episode no. so back yeah to I, sanctuary. I found that very interesting that they have now pinpointed the source of the burn and it seems to be this nebula and this federation ship seems to be and we find out that Adira is non-binary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Adira finds out that Adira is non... Well, no. No, Adira knew. They told... Uh, yeah, they told Adira Greg. knew. Right. I'm so thankful for this mm-hmm. because it means that Adira didn't decide to become non-binary because of the symbiote. Right. Yes. She yes. was non-binary. They. They were non... <laughs> I know. Sorry. They were non-binary before. I apologize. I'm doing my best to be respectful oh, yes. and use the correct pronouns. And oh, yeah. sometimes well, we're I Gen sleep. X too, which is already struggling. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's never meant to be a slight in any oh, way no. because oh, no. it's, I um, fully, honest mistake. Em- fully embrace yeah. addressing people with the pronouns that they choose to be addressed yep. with. To me, it's like addressing someone by their name. You know, right. if I say my name is Brandy, you don't come up and address me as Marissa. No. Because you think <laughs> I'm a Marissa. Don't address someone as a he or she if they have already said that they are a they. Right. This does make our job easier because now we can talk about Blue or Adira and use they, They. their, them. True. And that simplifies a whole lot because it was a little tough for us at first going, okay, Mm -hmm. which pronoun are we using? It's like, oh, no, it's it's just they, them. So we're good to go. I really liked Stamets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When she, when they, ah, see, I do it, everybody, everybody makes mistakes. I really like that when Stamets was just like, okay, when they told him. Mm -hmm. The look on his face, though, it was like this look of pride, this this subtle look of pride that they would admit that to him. Yeah. Yeah, because only Gray knew before. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that, just people finding out stuff for the first time, people coming forward and revealing special or secret or sensitive information. And confidence. Yes. Yeah. This is the coming out moment of Star Trek that we've never really had. Yeah. Full on, 100% actual coming out. Yeah. Yeah. No asterisks. Nope. No, uh, you know, it's not, like you said, because of the symbiont. Yeah, it's not a metaphor. It's an actual yeah. coming out. And then Stamets and Culber were like proud parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Blue even said that they want this to be the same story that they went through is that Adira is going to be experiencing the same things that that Blue has with identifying as non-binary and and that arc you know of going from identifying 
as you know female to non-binary and the steps that takes so it's interesting to see that you know we're not meeting the character as is we're seeing the development we're seeing the coming out and the yeah. adjusting and people are around them adjusting well the Beautiful. i dare say that the crew of discovery are handling it one thousand million times mm -hmm. better than current day people <laughs> i'd hope so uh, yeah especially when well, it's, it's just Stennis like Culver, it should be you know? mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. I'm so honored that you trusted me mm -hmm. with that information and that you shared that, that you shared your truth with me. Yep. That's great. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. That that deserves, you know, that's awesome. And Blue's tired acting is amazing. It is. So <laughs> They convincing. nail it. They know what it's like to be a very tired teenager. Yep. They're not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great moment. Well, and I was yeah. looking at them slumped over on that, and I'm like, oh, they're going to get such a crick in their neck. Yeah, it's going to be right. a sore neck. And then Stamets puts his jacket on them. Oh, you guys. Oh, Brandy's going to have a little cry. <laughs> no, it's just, uh, he's such a good big brother. And mm -hmm. it just, we've never seen this side of him, and I love it so much. I love their chemistry. Yes, they are the so great together. The Adira combo is so good it's just pure joy i feel like stamets is getting a lot of moments to soften yes mm -hmm. this season with tilly with detmer always with culber because culber is not taking any shit anymore nope. yep. from him <laughs> <laughs> and now with adira as like a little child adopted yeah. child sort of like a big brother program yeah to be fair after culber was reconstituted by the uh, Josep, uh he was the one given the shit so <laughs> Right. And Stamets was just, oh, poor Stamets during that time. And we got a kiss. We got a Stamets Culver kiss. I love the kissing. Oh, it, it was a good one, so too. They're just so adorable. Board certified. Speaking of Stamets Adira moments, when Adira is playing cello and Stamets comes in and oh. they're talking and then he, they're going to play together. And I'm like, oh, my God, Stamets plays the piano. Oh, my God. That was cool. I loved it. I miss Gray. I do too. So does Adira. And I'm wondering why Gray is not talking to them anymore. I'm not sure. I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. We got five yeah. more episodes to find out. We know he'll be back. I yeah. hope so. I, I really so. like the character and I'd like to discover more about him. Oh, yes. yeah. There's a reason for everything. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what we'll find out when Adira's algorithm finishes and they have more information because I'm sure that's going to be a big deal. We didn't get resolution on that during this episode. Okay, one more thing I want to talk about before we go to the A-plot. Giorgio, dressed as right. a human spermatozoa. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I will say at the beginning of the episode, she was really annoying me a lot. Mm -hmm. I am kind of tired of the smugness too. It's because it she's scared. She's covering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's all coming from a place of fear. This is what she does. Yeah. yeah. It was like amped up to like, okay, crazy lady, mm. <laughs> kind of. I love Michael you know? calling her out on her shit, talking about her mother. It's like, I killed my... No, you didn't kill your mother. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> You're lying. I mean, she. I guess, you know what it was? I don't like the way that it must make Michael feel... And I don't like her coming for Culper. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Oh, well, he is not taking her shit either. 
He's True. just like he gives as good as he gets. So <laughs> it doesn't even phase him. <laughs> Never. There's no like hurt look yeah. or anything. He's just like mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to mess around with your healthcare practitioner because you'll be peeing blue mysteriously mm-hmm. for like weeks mm-hmm. by you know some chemical they put in your drink or something. They can do that. <laughs> they can do things to your body that you're like, huh. Eh. And we got another son flashback. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just me or was son. anyone surprised to see Culber in an office? Is he CMO now? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I think so. But Pollard had yeah. a different uniform on. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm it just curious because I'm like, thing. why are you in an office? I've never seen you in an office before. I don't know. Mm. let's go on twitter and ask wilson cruz <laughs> bigger budget he's talked to me before he'll answer my question he might we've had conversations yeah i just thought that was interesting we got a way more coherent bits of flashback and it was obvious that this was a much younger Giorgio. right oh mm-hmm. i mean if you look at it you can tell that her face is not the current Giorgio face so they've had some uh, digital didgeridoo going on in there. <laughs> digital didgeridoo. I don't even know what digital that was. Digital do. Yeah, all of that stuff. All of that Sound stuff going on. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Words are not my strong suit tonight, which doesn't bode well for podcasting. Yep. It was definitely a much younger Giorgio. Still don't know who San is. No, she's very upset about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely was killed by what looks like a Terran dagger. Yeah. What do you reckon the face distortion weirdo thing is? Oh, that was a gel that they covered Giorgio with. Because mm. that's why she was wearing this suit. It, it's like a reactive, I think it's even radioactive or something. It's a reactive gel for whatever scans they're doing on her. When the face went all wonky? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the gel responds to, I guess, stimulus. Huh. Well, she glitched and, like a video game. <laughs> yeah, it's like watching an EKG or something, mm-hmm. but it's on the surface of the body, which is odd. Mm-hmm. I felt like they didn't know what was going on either, though. Like, no, Culver they didn't like, know why was it was happening. They didn't know yeah. what was causing it. All that he said was that she was having an episode. And <laughs> that's when she started glitching. Giorgio's having an episode she's, again. Uh, she's Sarah's having a crisis. Having <laughs> The thing about Culber is he knows that she is terrified. So he knows that every angry, awful word out of her mouth comes from that place of fear and reverting back to that Terran emperor, I have no weaknesses, I will kill you all sort of mentality to not give in to that fear because she doesn't want to face that fear. That's not what Terrans do. They don't face their fears. They smash them down deep, deep inside and never look at them again. And she has that, she's experiencing that fear without the knowledge that she has a whole empire behind mm-hmm. her and she could kill anyone at at, mm-hmm. at her whim. And she doesn't have that. She's, she's all alone experiencing it. Yeah. And uh, after that weird scan, she steals one of the little whatever the things were that were stuck to her and tries to do her own analysis, determines that yeah. she's dying and Culber's just Culber was on to her immediately. <laughs> he just shows up. Yeah, it's not that cut and dry. And so I, I appreciated that. Yes, in essence, something is fatally wrong with her, 
Yeah, it's, it seems kind of like a dementia because she's going to start losing memory and then not being able to recognize faces, possibly even her own. That was his assumption. This was before they did the scan. Right. So I'm not sure that he has the same conclusion now. Right. Mm. We'll find and out more next week. Apparently she still has her Section 31 backdoor passcodes to whatever she wants. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, well, she probably went in there and just wrote her own that nobody oh, knew right. about. Because you know that once she was declared dead, that all those would have been deactivated. So she definitely had secret codes nobody knew about, which is oh, yeah. very yeah. Giorgio. Yeah. Well, and you know, she's actually not being totally honest with them all either because none of them know about the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Only she knows about it. Yeah. So they don't have that information mm -hmm. yet. Well, they may have that information now with after that scan. Mm. Yeah. So we shall see. I, well, I like obviously... the security guys behind Culber. <laughs> <laughs> just in case he had to yeah. subdue her. Yeah, that was that was a fun bit. Just a couple of extras, you know. Mm -hmm. No speaking lines, just friends get of the some producers. Tough guys no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Put them in uniforms, zip, uh, zip fronts. If he was serious, though, about having security, he should have brought about five times as many men, and she probably True. still could have taken them all. True. <laughs> yeah, we've seen her do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so there's another thread left dangling. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, okay. it's very um, soap operatic, this particular episode, because there's so many different strings of so many different subplots. You know, it's yeah, not but... like the old DS9 A plot, B plot thing. It's like. We've got all kinds of strands of all the different characters and what they're experiencing. Yeah, well, despite DS9 having overarching stories yeah. in later seasons, that doesn't mean they weren't still episodic because they were right. an no. episodic show. Discovery is not an no. episodic show. Yeah, Discovery is very uh, narrative. Yeah. I'm so glad. Me too. I like that aspect of it. I really, really do, mm -hmm. because they're weaving this complex story that when we get to the end of it, I'm going to want to go back and watch the whole thing again so that I have everything yes. in context and have new viewpoints on it, because that's always what happens. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I guess let's talk about the A-plot, which is Book taking Michael home to meet the family. <laughs> They're going home for the holidays. And sea locusts. Or sea sea locusts. Tists, locusts. Locusts. What? Sorry. I'm putting sea in front of locusts. So sea locusts. Locusts. No. No. Okay. No. It's too hard to say. Locusts. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. We'll come up with something. Y'all get back to me on that one. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, he received a message from his brother that we didn't really know anything about what was He's his name kahim is that and right? has Kahim's? a very different accent well yeah. they're not so, blood brothers they're not uh, by blood you know? and book actually says that Aye. he says oh. we are not brothers by blood that's just the word we use okay you know they're part of a family but it's a chosen family so not... they're bros yeah they're bros okay they're not. L I thought you guys caught that. Were you? Was I the only one paying attention? Do you even empath, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you even? <laughs> and 
that guy looked really familiar to me, and I can't. I forgot to look I him up. I know me too. So hang on a second. I'm gonna look him up really quick. So Dave, you can edit all of this out or leave it in. I don't really care. Because oh, I want to know. I've seen. I don't him know before. what to do while she's doing that. What are we gonna talk I about, Dave? I want to know. I want to know. I want to know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Pure Tell energy. Tell me what's on your mind. Okay. Pure energy. When that when that song came out and I heard Spock's voice on it, I lost my shit, you guys. Yeah, Information Society, that band is. Yeah, I like Information Society to this yep. day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, his voice is on that? Yeah. yeah. Spock He's, sang Pure Energy. That's him no saying way. Pure Energy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Yeah, You didn't know that? I did not know that. Go back that and listen to know. that song, pal. You can't unhear it now. Noby. I know he's so loud. Even Noby's shocked that I don't know that song. <laughs> I like the, uh, uh, what is it, the Kuei Jun uh, outfits. Their uniforms are pretty cool. It's, a little, it's like it's some netting. Jun. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. I've not seen that. Not seen that. Not seen that. Haven't seen What's that. What's his name? His name, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, is Ache Hernandez. Okay. I have never seen anything that he's been in. I mean, he he's did been look in familiar stuff, to me too. He, I, he's been in stuff that I've heard of and know of, but oh, he pretty. Wow, the glamour shot. You saw him the first time you watched this. Yes, you I saw did. Him on but the he screener. Just, he just seemed familiar for some yes. reason. He, yes. How do you spell his first name? A C H E. Oh, I found a shirtless pick. Oh, is it good? Very nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, very muscly. Yep. Are you ready to move on, Chris? Or are you still... He could be the older brother of... What's his name? The guy that from New Mutants. Oh, right. Um, that guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I can see his face. The Quijan people remind me of like wood elf, druid, ranger type mm. people. <laughs> they have kind of an elven quality. Even their ability to speak with animals, you know, mm-hmm. empathically speak with animals is a very I like elven the druid trait. thing. Yeah. yeah. And how about Planet Autumn? That's what we should call it. All those fallen <laughs> yeah. leaves all over the place. Get a rake. Come on, guys. The autumn leaves. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty. The, the forest is supposed to have leaves on the ground, for heaven's sake. It's Planet Pumpkin Spice. <laughs> it's like fallen leaves all over the place. There's one title option, Planet Pumpkin Spice. <laughs> We're just now going to refer to it as Planet Pumpkin Spice. Everyone will know what we're talking about. Yeah. And the sea locusts themselves kind of look like a variation of a virus. So they've hmm. got the spindly legs and they got this weird hmm. kind of polygon shell looking thing. And they're all just I did floating not think around. Of that. Yeah, they look a lot like a virus. They kind of reminded me of jellyfish, but without the really yeah. long tentacles. But they're, they're very spindly. Mm-hmm. And they like literally spin. Rocket ships. Yep. It reminded me a little bit of uh, C.V. Pacum Parabellum. C.V. Pacum Parabellum, yeah. That one, yeah. A little bit of the colors, coloring and stuff. And you know what's weird about that is because tonight, as of this recording, which is Thursday, the 3rd of December, C.V. Pacum Parabellum, Parabellum, let me try that again, C.V. Pacum Parabellum is airing on CBS tonight at 9. Oh, oh, cool. (laughs) How odd. How yes, odd, that made indeed. me. It made me think of that as well. Osiris pissed off. And, yeah, what do you think of her? Uh, I found out she's Margot Kidder's niece. Huh. So Aaron told me that. <laughs> this is the 
third story to feature the emerald chain. And so I think I have enough points on the graph to come to the conclusion that I'm just not interested in the emerald chain. Mm -hmm. The very first episode, I wasn't really into the whole heist thing or the emerald chain and that. I wasn't really all that into scavengers. And I'm not really into this either. I feel I feel the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I'm not vibing on this enemy. Mm-hmm. I don't want the big bad. I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah, the burn is far more fascinating than than this is. Mm-hmm. And Giorgio. It's, yeah, it's here for the action sequences, and that's about it. I'm not really getting much else from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just feels to me like Osira has not been around long enough to be as intimidating as she thinks she is, or as powerful yeah. as she thinks she is. And she can't decide on an accent. Oh, good lord, yes. Um, It's like, are you British? Are you quote-unquote Canadian? Are you American? Pick one. It's like Princess Leia on the Death Star. Oh, yeah. It's like, where'd this accent come from? And then she drops it later, and you're like, I recognize your foul stench when I was brought on board. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't really threatened by her either. No. No, she she thinks she's a badass and Rin is scared of her, but I'm just like, you're just another small-time crime lord who thinks you can take mm-hmm. on the Federation yeah. and thinks you own everything. And when a bigger kid comes to the playground and smacks you with their stick, you're going to run home with your bleeding nose and yeah. then get all worked up and come back with bigger kids. Well, yeah, Saru didn't think much of her either. Mm-mm. When we've had... The Klingons with the Klingon War. We've had the Mirror Universe Terrans. We've had control. We've had really threatening enemies. Yeah, Lorca. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lorca. I mean, to be the, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, to be revealed as being the bad. But yeah, with the Emerald Chain, I'm not feeling it. I don't know that that's the intent. I don't think I that don't, they're supposed I don't think so either. to be the overarching big bad let's have a showdown in the final episode of the season right. thing. This I'm, is not a Nerissa type of situation. Mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm more right. worried for the Federation and that we keep getting these clues that they have blood on their hands. Well everybody and, thinks they yeah. have blood on their hands because they overmined dilithium yeah. and they think that that has something to do with the burn and so they blame the Federation for the burn. Whether that's true or not, I mean, perceptions from the outside aren't necessarily all the information. So, well, we get Rin saying the whole thing about you know the Federation summer camp line. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's use not them a as thing. The bogeyman, that's the threat. That's not yeah. a thing. Yeah, but that's again, that's the thing. It's all based on rumors and hearsay. Mm-hmm. How how know. much of that is actually fact? Yeah. How much of well, that some... was witnessed by anyone telling these stories? Yeah, some rumors have some little kernel of truth in them. Yes, well, so, I think that's already been exhibited in the last episode. Yeah. And we've seen Starfleet and the Federation lose its way several times before. You know, when Discovery is gone during the Klingon War, they started to give up their principles. Mm-hmm. We see it in Picard that they're starting to lose their principles. So why couldn't they do it again? Well, it's possible they did do it again, but like yeah. the Federation always does, they righted the ship. Yeah, because I get this sense in this series that Discovery is the one to bring back the virtues. Of oh, that's Starfleet. absolutely what they're going for. Yeah, because yes. but yes. that's we already knew that. 
because Vance said a few episodes ago that they've been in triage for a long mm-hmm. time, you know? So basically it's been putting out fires for 120 years without it, any ability to focus on anything else. Yeah, exactly. Even Book says that you, you've you saved the planet and you're going to save other planets like ours. Discovery in particular, really, is what mm-hmm. he's saying, I think. Well, of course, because Discovery can go anywhere in the blink of an yeah. eye. Yeah. So they can help those places that are far beyond the Federation's current reach. And Discovery, sidebar, can apparently jump out of the Heidi bubble. Yes, I can't... noticed that too. They didn't leave the Heidi <laughs> bubble this time. They just went oh, out. Yeah. They just jumped inside. The and we bubble. got a nice little underneath shot, mm-hmm. little crotch shot. Crotch shots are nice. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot more detailed. Mm-hmm. I was staring it's at like it. like one of the anime series. Yeah, apparently their deflector dish is on the underside of the saucer. So mm-hmm. <laughs> at least I'm assuming that's the deflector dish where that beam came out of to augment mm-hmm. the signal of the brother's empathic suggestion. That's another odd thing about this episode is the solution to the problem. There's so many other solutions to sea locusts that they could <laughs> manufacture their own repellent. The Discovery crew could figure that out. They could figure out a signal on their own, but it's interesting that they went with the empathic route and just um, boosted the signal. Well, that's really what they'd been trying to do. I mean, Book even says their scientists had been trying to figure that out for a hundred years. It wasn't, it didn't surprise me that that's the route they took. Plug them into the amplifier and crank it up to 11. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty much what they did. Yeah. But actually, that scene was a bit emotional for me because of them working together mm-hmm. and focused on saving this planet. And honestly, it, I feel like it was the right choice because they were the ones saving the planet. Yes, right. Discovery helped, but they were the ones who were taking care of what needed well, to be done. That was the mission, just to be there As an observer, only to observe. Yeah, and support. Yeah, observe and support. and support. And that's what right. they did. Discovery didn't fix the problem for them. They just helped with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an important distinction to make. I like that one moment where they try to tell Tilly that helping always comes with something else. At and price Tilly's tag, like, no, it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what Rin says to her. Is that mm. Federation help always comes with a price tag. And... Do you think the Discovery crew's being a little too naive? with all these warning signs of what the Federation can be, that they're not picking up on the signals that people are going, oh, yeah, the Federation, nobody trusts those guys. No. This is the way I look at it, okay? In season two of Voyager, if I'm remembering correctly, there's an episode where Voyager is trying to find allies, and they decide to try to ally themselves with the Kazon. And then they come across this other race of people, which I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. And it turns out later that they had actually enslaved the Kazon. And that was a lot of reasons why the Kazon had all of this technology, but didn't know how to make water. It's because they Mm. stole these ships from these people to escape this slavery. They revolted and then they used those ships to escape. It's interesting because this group of people is just like, oh, you're Voyager. Oh, you have a terrible reputation. So it's always very different from what the outsiders are seeing Mm -hmm. to what is actually going on inside. Because perception. Yeah, it's all about perception. So I take all of those stories with a grain of salt. There may be bits of truth to them, 
but I don't believe that the Federation became a terrorist organization. Well, I don't right. think it's that bad, but I do suspect that they have their own interests. You know, they have their own agenda. And since desperation brings out the worst in people, especially, I mean, we're seeing it now, people clinging to power, that there's things that they'll do that might go against their principles. I see it more of a metaphorical look at the arrogance mm. Mm. Hubris, of yeah. Starfleet, the arrogance of Next Generation, DS9, and Voyager, yeah. Starfleet. What's the line from Makar? The sheer fucking hubris. Yeah. Sheer yeah. fucking hubris. Yep. I, I see it more as that because we are the good guys, because we've decided that we are the good guys and we are the ones that unite everyone, that there's, there's just a bit of like, you know what? You may your intention is to do the right thing, but you are not the ultimate authority of everything. Right. You know? And you don't get to decide how everybody else runs their democracies. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I just see it as a comment on that and that it's a little bit of humbling that Starfleet and the Federation needs or needed. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're seeing them in a state that they've never been in. Because now they have certain problems solved that had just for all these decades had just been putting out fires. And now they can actually do a lot more work. And there's that whole bit in the previous episode, two episodes ago, Scavengers. No, that was last. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so confused <laughs> about what came where. Um, yeah, yeah, Scavengers. So that was episode mm -hmm. six, right? And... They're doing relief missions, and they're taking care of people. Mm. So that's... And they're turning doubters into believers. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's what's happening in that big sort of wardroom with all of those different captains there, is this, these people need replicators, these people need this assistance, and he's he's sending out all of these people basically on relief missions for these other places. So... Whatever they did up to this point, they are now moving towards back what the Federation used to do. Yep. Uh -huh. Because no organization is infallible, and they have been laid low. They have been laid low to the lowest point that the Federation has had since its inception. And now they're trying to rebuild from there. Unfortunately... Not everybody's around to watch that happen. So they're mm. all just clinging to the old wives' tales that have been passed around the galaxy. Because nobody was actually there. No, yeah, no, they don't know. They weren't there. Th right. That was They've 120 years ago. So passed along. It's all just become a few hearsay generations. and legend at this point. So I take all of that with a grain of salt. <laughs> I don't know. If I was the Discovery crew, I'd be watching my back with dealing with the Federation now. Because I don't think the trust is earned quite yet. But I think that Discovery is in a far superior position. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they know it. Mm. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that uh -uh. they're arrogant about it. I'm just saying that they and, know what they're capable yeah. of. And this is another reason why, like with this episode, that I feel like T Tilly is such a good representative of that. Mm -hmm. And you can see that Vance looks at Discovery as an asset. Oh, of course. That... All ships in the Federation are assets. Yeah, the discovery is like a queen on the chessboard, mm -hmm. you know, compared to, you know, knights and rooks and pawns. Like, you've got this really powerful piece in play, and Vance wants to use that 
for mm. you know his game, the game he's playing. I don't necessarily know that that's true, but mm. I don't I don't know that either. Yeah, he has to be made into an actual believer too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and... convinced by discovery with their actions that the Federation could be more. Yeah. Well, the thing about admirals is that the admiral has to be the one to make the hard decisions that people are not going to like. That's not necessarily up to the captains. They're not in it to be liked. They're not in it to be praised. They're in it to do the best they can with what they have. And he's like the fleet admiral. He's Mm -hmm. like way up there. Yeah. But, you know, they don't have much of a fleet. There really hasn't been ever much of an admiral that we really loved and liked all the time. I mean, Cornwell aside. Yeah. Oh, I love And even she kind of slipped away from the principles. Yeah. Well, she understood that Pike was where it was, you know. Pike's where it's at. Yeah. That's your core principles right there. But they weren't back yet, so. No. Right. Yeah. Anything else about this episode? Oh, Detmer. And Rin. Yes, Detmer mm. and Rin. Uh, Rin with the cat. Rin with grudge. What uh, is this thing? <laughs> it's a cat. Is that... What's a cat? Is that a pet? <laughs> oh, it's just... And the way that he was holding that cat, once again, pretending like he's not a cat person. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, he's a cat person. Because his wife has cats. So... <laughs> but also... Um, Growing up, his parents dressed up the dogs in Starfleet uniforms. I'm not joking. I've seen pictures. Yeah. So adorable. Oh, that family. Wow. I very much appreciated Detmer in those scenes. Yes. And she figured her own shit out. She figured out she needed to face this thing, and this is what she was going to do. And yeah. she did it. How are we on the timing of this, or this even happening you think this is going to be like a quick fix to her trauma or that what? is my concern that this was just it this was the bow on it yeah i don't know well we don't know how much time has passed between episodes right from episode one until now it could have been six months it could have been a year we don't know yeah. We have no frame of reference for the passage of time. We just get to see it every week. And so we're just like, oh, well, last week. No, no, no. That doesn't mean that that was last week for them. So we don't know how much time has passed. However, just because you face something that you fear and you succeed, that doesn't mean your trauma is completely gone. It just means that you faced it and you can deal with it. That doesn't mean that she's magically okay right well there's this moment where she turns back for another run and it's after saying that ren is the perfect co-pilot for her and she says there's a possibility we can die Mm -hmm. and that's a very samurai philosophy with bushido is once you accept death there is no fear Mm -hmm. you accept death as an outcome and once you do that then fear is going to be no impedance to you whatsoever Well, I think that the situation might have been very different were she piloting Discovery. Because she's piloting a ship with a cat and an Andorian. So (laughs) if if they die, you know, Book's going to be pissed. Seriously. It's just the three of them. But it's it's not the entire ship's complement in her hands. So I think that has something to do with it as well. Yes. 
I personally feel like they're not going to just write off trauma that easily. Yeah, because it's not that simple. No, it's not. Though it's nice to see some renewed confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it was an interesting conversation with the mm-hmm. group in the mess hall when Owo was just like, oh, and I have to deal with her for the next week. Being yeah. All yep. macho. And I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. really? Are you talking about on the bridge or are you talking about somewhere else? Uh, okay. I want to know. Thank you. I want to know. Yeah. It just was a little bit of inference there. That it just seemed like to me. I, I think my idea is that they're not a couple yet, but I think maybe this is just like their interactions that they've been having are just little opportunities professionally and personally to where they're getting closer. And then perhaps will perhaps not, perhaps mm-hmm. it's just a very close camaraderie, you yeah, know, could be. like sisters, but it could be leading, leading to something. But I definitely believe that it's not something that is established between the two of them yet. Mm. That's fair. So it might I- not be, but it could be kind of see Owo as possibly being asexual, aromantic, but we don't know mm. for sure. We haven't seen her yeah. in a romantic relationship at all, so we well, just right. don't know. We haven't really with Detmer either, except for the guy she was yeah. making out with at the party during Magic oh, yeah. to Make the Saints right. Man Go Mad. And you can't base a relationship on a drunk makeout session at a party, so yeah, I'm going to go with that. it was just a fling, <laughs> but... With different yeah. genders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, when, you, when it comes to it, we haven't seen most of the bridge crew's personal relationships, whether yeah. they have lovers or partners or what have you. Yeah. We, we do know that Reese and Bryce are a bromance, so they're not, you know, it's yeah. not a... No, they're, they're called Reese or Rice. You take one yeah. or the other. Uh, one of those Bryce names and the other is Bryce Canyon. We have a Bryce Canyon here in Utah. That's why it's funny. That's their ship name. If it's not Bryce, it's Rice. If it's not Rice, it's Bryce. Doesn't matter which one you use. They both mean the same thing. It's nice seeing books ship in action. Yes. It's so pretty. It's so Mm -hmm. Star Wars-y. It is. It is. (laughs) When Detmer pulls away from the, you know, Osiris ship and then flips around and then comes back for another run it's like that's just a great moment mm-hmm. just you know the cinematography of that moment just how they planned it and storyboarded it and yeah. you know it's a very cool scene her going full manual mm-hmm. was anyone else hoping that osiris nephew weren't you just like close your eyes close your eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> but he didn't he didn't have the he did sense he didn't have sense enough to do that but no. that wouldn't have stopped the transworm from eating him. So no. pretty sure the transworm no. would have eaten him anyway. Yeah, those yeah. transworms are messy eaters. They have no hands. Yeah. Of course they're messy eaters. <laughs> lots of scraps, lots of crumbs. Yep. Lots of disembodied limbs flying mm-hmm. thither yes. and yon. So yeah. Asara killed his father. Mm-hmm. She killed her brother and his kid. Because they were trying to... I guess take control of the whole business away from her. I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem with the mob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is they'll attack their own. Yeah, it's very Terran Empire. So really, how strong of an enemy is this? I mean, Rin's afraid, and and I believe his fear. Yeah. And he says that next time it's going to be worse. So it's a possibility we're going to see. Some kind of brutal attack. Possibly the uh, animal chain goes after the Heidi bubble. 
they'd oh, have to know where the Heidi mm-hmm. bubble is, and those coordinates yeah. are a very carefully guarded secret. Right. I mean, they had to put Adira in the baptismal font and have her get sucked down for her to reconnect with the symbiont and all of the hosts so that she could give them that information. That's how secret that information was. Yeah. So secret you have to go through a Mormon ritual. Yep, you have to get baptized <laughs> in the Bath of Trill. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, seems like more fun than Mormon baptisms. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> seems like you get way more out of it. <laughs> Just personal feelings. So, so basically, there there were aspects of this episode that did make me emotional. I did shed tears. So we're now eight for eight. But I got a couple little misty eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But overall, the whole a plot didn't interest me that much. No, same for me. This episode was all about Tilly mm. and Stamets and Colbert and Adira, and the Giorgio stuff was. The plot yeah. stuff that was really mm-hmm. uh, fascinating to me, but even that, I'm I'm like, all right, let's go. And it was also a vehicle to get Book really on board with the Federation to oh, keep yeah. him sticking around. He's got to talk to the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna so make him a crewman. Him in a uniform again. Crewman I, Book. I would love it. Ooh, I just <laughs> a plastic bag just leap off of something and try to attack me. That scared the crap out of me. That was so weird. It was like three feet away, and all of a sudden it's just... Ghosts. Ghosts, sure. Ghosts. Or the heat came on. Take your pick. But anyway. (laughs) Do we have anything else to say about this episode? I have some interesting things to say about Ren and Stamets. Okay. They're going to say Ren and Stimpy. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, they call him that. That'd be funny. You stole the idiot. Oh, the Discovery crew plays Dungeons and Dragons together. Yes, they do. Oh yeah. And Noah, who plays Rin, is their dungeon master. Of course he is. And they were playing this game where this guy led them up into the mountains and then ambushed them with some goblins and a dire wolf. And they went, "Why just one dire wolf? You need two or more for pack tactics to kick in." And it started a conversation with Noah and uh, Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp got in there as well, talking about how it really applies to allies of the wolf, not multiple wolves. <laughs> so I'm like, I stand corrected. <laughs> so I had a nice little Dungeons and Dragons conversation with an Andorian and the operator of the spore drive. Yep. So that was kind of fun just to have a non-Star Trek conversation with some Star Trek actors about some other geeky property. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Very yep. cute. That was fun. And for the record, my D&D character is a druid ranger. So yep. she would have been mm, right at home f- on that planet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talking to animals. Mm-hmm. Girl of the wild. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she could shapeshift into a wolf. And yep. run around and play with other wolves. Yeah, I call mm-hmm. them wolves because it's funny. Wolves. 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 <laughs> my watch keeps telling me I'm having a high heart rate. I don't know what is my problem. I think I'm just freaking tired. Mm. Which yeah, you wouldn't think your so, heart rate would get same. low if you were tired. I know, but it's, it's anxiety. <laughs> oh. I'm more anxious when I'm tired. No. So I'll go with that. You're afraid Freddy's going to get you? No, but thanks for putting that in my head. <laughs> now I am. Hey, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for Freddy that. Krueger just wears a Christmas sweater all the time because it's red and green. Yeah, but it's like an olive green. That's not really a Christmas oh, green. Nice. Yeah. So. It's an olive drab. Yeah, mm. very, very drab. Any of you guys have like a final thought? Not really. No, I'm just ready for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. This was this episode was fine for me. The moments that moved me, I really loved. I, yeah. I'm not saying in, it in any way was a bad episode. Sure. It just this, the Emerald Chain is boring to me. Yeah. I just don't care. It feels like we've evolved beyond that stuff. And, you know... The Discovery crew certainly has. Mm. So having to deal with something like that now feels like such a nuisance. It's like trying to swap fleas. It's just why. Right. <laughs> such a test. <laughs> We've dealt with far worse than you guys. So what the heck? Also, I want to get back into all the Federation and all the ships and the other Starfleet officers. And that's what I want to explore. Yeah, well, it's going to take time before we get to that because they have, a, I mean, their fleet is greatly reduced. And the thing is, there's still the dilithium problem. And right. I saw someone on Facebook talking about why aren't they reverse engineering the spore drive? Because using the spore drive requires somebody with tardigrade DNA and genetic augmentation is forbidden. That's why. That's why they're not making a thousand spore drives. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, they need to get back to Tilly's plan of using dark matter. Right. Yeah, I wonder if they will eventually find a non-organic interface navigator sort of thing. That would be good. But I still don't think even if they could do that, that they should reverse engineer spore drive technology could you imagine all those ships popping through the mycelial network that would just destroy it mm. that would just uh, be a bad idea yeah it's bad enough discoveries going through it mm-hmm. well now that the josep know what they are <laughs> they're mm-hmm. probably just like oh it's them again oh, and the people aren't sticking around in there yeah you know wreaking havoc yeah. yep exactly colburn mirror stamets and apparently the space tardigrades you would use it all the time anyway so they must be used to some travelers. Yes, but they have a sort of a symbiotic relationship in that regard. Right. They literally communicate with the spores. So right. They communicate with the mycelial network. And they're a smaller organism than a ship the size of Discovery. So Yeah. That's just my personal feeling is that they're never going to reverse engineer that because of those reasons which I have already stated. Right. Though it is renewable energy. You just need more spores. Mm. Yeah. That's it's organic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's that time to tell people where they can find you. So, Chris, let's start with you. All right, then. You can find me on IG and Twitter at CD Littlefield. And you can follow my other shows, Open Channel. That is at Open Channel Trek. And there are four questions, which is at four questions Trek. And that's the number, not the word. Dave. Four. I am on Twitter at Dark Cornercast. You can find me on Facebook under DJ Evil Dave. I am a host with Brandy of the Dark Corner Podcast on darkcornerpodcast.com, where there's also links to the various Star Trek shows plus Brandy's headcanon. Yeah. So those other Star Trek shows I'll tell you about right now, which are... 
the Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast, also here on Hollow Sweet Media with my friends Liam and Nick, and Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast with my friend Suzanne, which is intermittent at the time because there is still no release date for the new show, which is understandable. You know, I'm not going to complain about that. And uh, I also do two live shows on Saturdays because I'm crazy, I guess. Um, Infinite Trek happens at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Outpost 13's channel on Twitch. That's with my friend Aaron Harvey. We talk about all things Trek. Currently, of course, we're covering Discovery because it's New Trek. In New Trek. New Trek. And that gets released as a podcast uh, the following week on the Trek Geeks Network. And we thank them for hosting that. And then finally, the live show at 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Saturdays, The Unready Room with my good friend Dan Gunther, where, again, we are covering Star Trek Discovery. You would think that I would have the same conversations every time. No, I don't. <laughs> Anyone that watches all three of them or listens to all three of them will just be like, no, that's a different conversation every time because different people, different viewpoints, and different focuses. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yep. And you can find that on Dan's YouTube channel, which is Kurt Rest Productions. So I guess that is it for this episode, and I hope that you'll all join us next week for Terra Firma Part 1, so that we can all see what the future holds. Try to think of a different way to open the show every time. Are you going to record the backup? <laughs> the, oh, thank you. Son of oh, did you not case. hit record for the backup? I did hit record. It was just still paused. Oh, so back that thank thing you. up. I'm going to back that up. Yep. Oh, boy. Off to a Won't great you back start. Back that ass up. Yeah, that's going to. I got a wide load back here, so I'm going <laughs> to need some sound effects so that, you know, you know I'm coming. <laughs> So an LA sorry. face with the uh, Oakland booty. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. It's too much effort, and I'm busy. I gotta get this done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. <laughs> he had an entire plot to uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny. <laughs> because that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talos 4. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Sweet preview program for Starpod Trek a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were, were a nice balance between science fiction and real-world science. And that was cool, because th because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science. And, a lot of, and I mean, all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans. And, and they, they probably even said that, that they got into science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but 
Yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to okay, know. Just some yeah. bit of self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And Somebody wants them. <laughs> because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <sighs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.